you have your Bibles, would you open them to Acts chapter 2. In whatever way that you get your Bible, you can do it electronically, you can uh, do the uh, book form. <laughs> if you don't have a Bible, you can take one from the seat back in front of you. And if you don't have a Bible of your very own, we want you to have one. And so take that one home with you. Uh, we want you to continue to read the good news about Jesus and come with your questions and ask your pastor and ask a life group teacher if you want to be a part of that. We want you to engage with the scriptures and it's okay to have questions. But today is the day of Pentecost. So of course we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. You've heard part of it read for you today. I want to go down towards the end. And this is a passage that I come back to over and over and over and over again. It just seems to me that there is something about this passage that reminds me continually what the life of the people who follow Jesus should look like. And so I want you to hear this. We're going to start at verse 41 today. It is on the screen behind me, so if you don't feel like looking things up, you can read along as well. Hear the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 41. Those who accepted His message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day, everybody say every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Some translations will see generous hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Help us to understand the significance of this day. And help us to be open to your Spirit in our very lives. That we as a church might look like you in the world. Might look like this that we have read. Take my words and the meditations of my heart and break them that they might become for us, myself included, the bread of life. For we ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, I want to do a little exercise here because we talk about this day and there's a lot of miracle things that happen, right? Uh, And so I want us to to think about something because I think it'll help us kind of understand. How many uh, car people do we have in here? Like you love cars. Few of you, okay. The rest of you, you're just not going to get this one. No, I'm just kidding. I think you'll you'll be able to get into this. So I want you to take just a moment, close your eyes if you need to, but I want you to think about your favorite vehicle. Doesn't have to be a car. It could be a truck. It could be a minivan. I don't know. 
But I want you to think about it for just a second. I want you to think about, you know, what is, what's the make of it? What year? You know, you know, some of you are really attached, like the 69 was great, but the 70 was better. Well, no, no. The 68 was better. You know, you just, you think about those things. So, so think about that for a second. Think about the year. Think about the color. You know? Just think about that vehicle for a second. Alright, I, I gotta hear some. Okay, so, uh, somebody shout, shout one out. What's your vehicle? Come on. 56 F100. Alright, what color? Black. Black. Ooh, nice. I heard another one over here. Lime Green 69 Roadrunner. Now you had one of those, didn't you? Yeah, you did. I thought so. She wants to go back in the past. Anybody else? Purple 70 what? Cuda. All right. We got a Cuda. I heard another one over here. 74 Red Camaro. All right. Nice. These are some good vehicles. Now, I want you to think about what it would feel like. If all of a sudden somebody came to you and said, you know what? I'm going to give you that car today. Right now. It's, in fact, it's in the parking lot. I don't care. You know, it doesn't take, you know, no matter what the cost, I'm giving you that car today. What would be your celebration? Yeah. A lot more than when you were praising and worshiping, right? Yeah. You'd be excited. This, this car, what a miracle, some of you would say. Yes, it's a miracle. I've got that vehicle. I'm going to drive out of here with it. And, and you'd be excited. But is it any less of a miracle, the things that have to happen for any of our vehicles to move even one inch? I mean, I'm just a ba- I'm very basic. I, please, I am not a grease monkey. Brian does all my work for me. <laughs> If I have a question, I go to him. But I, I think I understand that somehow that thing that's under the hood in your car takes gasoline from the, really the back of your car, brings it in, it sprays some of it into this cylinder where there's a piston going up and down. The piston moves up. It compresses it. The spark plug does the spark thing. It ignites it. It creates an explosion which drives that piston down and around the crankshaft and back up. And then the, the gas that's been expelled goes out through and down through the exhaust and on the way out. And it does this eight to fifteen thousand times a minute with six or four or twelve or however many uh, pistons that thing has it moves it don't even get me started with how that takes that energy and then moves it down into the transmission that spins the tires and then we can spend a whole time on the miracle of a braking system that when you push a pedal inside your car it slows down the vehicle and all that i mean isn't that miraculous too i mean that somebody came up with this like, this is incredible. It'll make you think about your minivan entirely differently, right? I mean, it's just, it's a miracle. And yet, we would think that the big miracle is the miracle of getting a free car. And we can kind of underplay the incredible miracles that are going on inside all of our vehicles, no matter what. And the truth is, when we see this day, we tend to focus on the giant miracles. The ones that we call big. You know, those miracles that happen and, and you're just like, wow, it's amazing. So we come to Pentecost. And, and it's the, you know, we've already said it's the birthday of the church. But I want us to, to think about this for just a second. 
So there, there was a temple in Jerusalem. And it wasn't the original temple. You see, when the original temple was built, the Bible tells us that the glory of God filled it with smoke and fire and, uh, and, and, a, and a wind that reminded them of the wind that blew through the Red Sea that delivered them from Egypt. In fact, the Bible says that the glory of God was so present, the priests couldn't even do their job of worshiping because it was just so evident that God was there. And of course, if you continue reading the Scripture, you know that that temple was eventually destroyed. And the temple that we're now talking about, this temple in, uh, in Jerusalem in the time of the disciples, in the time of Jesus, was called Herod's temple. And Herod was called Herod the Great. And he was a great architect, ar- uh, what do you call it? Architect, archi- what do you call him? An architect, yes. Thank you. Words don't fail me now. I mean, he, he did some incredible work all around the area. And one of the things he wanted to do was to have the temple look the way it should. And it was impressive. I mean, it was one of the most beautiful buildings of its day and definitely of its region in the area uh, of Israel and around that time. It was beautiful, but there was one thing that never happened in Herod's temple. The glory of God never descended like that again. Oh, worship went on. I mean, they, they continued to do their sacrifices. The priests did their thing. The people came and did their times of prayer in there. But the glory of God, like the old temple, had never fallen. People were waiting for it. They were praying for it daily. They wanted to see that, that take place and that happen. And so now we get to our story that we read earlier in the service, where they are in the upper room. Now, some scholars I read said upper room is, is another kind of phrase that could be used for the Temple Mount area. And all of a sudden, what do we hear? There's a mighty rushing wind signifying the exodus again, where God created, took slaves and made them into a people, into a nation. They see the fire fall, but this time it doesn't fall on a building, it falls on people. They begin to see something different is happening. God is creating even a new people. And when they begin to not just hear the praises of God exclaimed in Hebrew, the, the language of Israel, but they are hearing it in all the known languages of the day. And they are hearing them declare the glory of God. Something is different. It signifies that this people is not just going to be about the Hebrew nation, but it includes them, but inc- includes all of the world. Big miracle, right? Big miracle. That's, that's huge. They've been longing for this to happen time and time and time again. And then Peter, an uneducated fisherman, gets up and delivers a sermon and has 3,000 converts in one day. If that happened for me, big miracle. Yep. Big miracle. But we can kind of be captivated by those big miracles and we kind of want to rest there and not go on and see the other miracles. To have 3,000 people devote themselves to learning? Miracle. It's a miracle. (laughs) The 3,000 people would devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. We so desire to learn about Jesus that we will devote ourselves to doing that. We're not going to let anything hinder us from learning about that. That is a 
miracle. To, to celebrate communion daily, that was that every day, they gathered in the temple, they broke bread with glad and generous hearts, and they celebrated all those things. To do that every day, miracle. Miracle. That's just, that's a, I look at our day and age and I think, man, where did that happen? That would be a miracle. They sold possessions to meet needs. Mere, uh, wait for it. Cool. Huge miracle. That people would look around and say there are needs that can be met and I've got this property or I've got this piece of land and I could sell it and I could give and I could help and I'll have enough for my needs to be met and, and we'll all look around and we will be generous to one another. Huge miracle! Massive. And then, they were so committed to what God had done in their lives that they longed to be in the temple daily worshiping. Miracle. Man. Wow. I don't know. Which ones are the bigger miracles? Fire, wind, People hearing their the praises of God in their own language in some mysterious mir- miracle form, or these little things that we read about today that were happening in response to what God had done in people's lives. To me, they are all miracles. It is something that we need to see. Oh, uh, you know, and you want to see even a bigger miracle? They had the goodwill of all the people. I'm wondering how long after this was written did we start losing the goodwill of all the people. Miracle that that would take place. And every day God added to their number. Incredible. So which ones are the big ones and which ones are the small ones? I'm convinced of this in reading these passages today in this in this time. Both kinds of miracles are needed in order for Jesus' purpose for the church to succeed. Yeah, we need those those moments where it just feels like God's Spirit falls, the wind rushes, the fire comes. Uh, we have those huge moments where we just know we're in the presence of God. And we need those moments. A lot of times, you, you gave towards some of that today. A lot of times at camp, the kids will come back, the students will come back and say there was just something about being away and being intentional about being with God and being with my friends. That We had these moments where we knew in the sanctuary there and in the services there that God was present and, and I just knew and it transformed my life. And I pray that that will happen for our students this summer. We need those miracles. But we also need the other ones where we're devoted, where we're generous, where we look to the needs of others, where we eat together, where we strive uh, to make a difference in our city and in our town. These are miracles as well. We have to have both, my friends. So I want to talk with you about some big and small visions. Big and small miracles. Two weeks ago, we started talking about our 10-4 vision. And that is 10 goals that we believe God's going to help us to accomplish in four years. And one of them, they weren't necessarily in order. If you haven't heard about this, please go back online and listen to the message from May 6th. That's in a nutshell form. We kind of sped through that in a sermon. We did record the longer, more in-detail services that we had the day before in the Come Together conference. 
Um, we have recorded those. We will be making those available shortly, either online or in some form that people who want more details can hear. They're, they're in no particular order, but one of them was to pay off the mortgage. Uh, we know that if we just keep doing the small miracles of paying monthly, this will be done by May of 2021, a few years from now. But I kept feeling like God was saying, do we want to wait that long to put $5,800 a month into ministry? We have a wonderful, uh, there's, it's, a, it's a big and small miracle that we have this place, right? That God has helped us maintain and keep this place over the, the years that we've had. But I just felt like we were going to do this. And miracle. Somebody approached and said, if the church will keep doing their monthly payment, I will add $25,000 a year until it's paid off. But celebrate, yeah, celebrate. (laughs) That's good, right? And wonderful. We should celebrate that. That's that's awesome. That's new car miracle, right? But it also requires the other miracle of giving week in and week out so that we see those things take place. And I don't, again, I don't know which one you, you should place more importance on because we need both of them in order for the purpose of God, in this case, this 10-4 vision, one goal in there to be accomplished. We need to have both, right? So I want you to see this is how this plays out. And so from now on, I want you to know that uh, we have tri- traditionally had a, a place to give on the envelopes or online for building fund. I want you to know that because of this and, and because we want to trust God, your church board voted uh, this week, uh, this past week, uh, we will be changing building fund to mortgage principal reduction. And so if you are interested in giving over and above what you normally give in a week, weekend and week out towards mortgage principal reduction, you can now do that. If you want to just, if you're attached to the phrase building fund, just know that if you give to the building fund, it will go towards mortgage principal reduction. Okay? It's a good thing. Big and small miracles. We celebrate them all, right? The next thing on our vision, we're only going to go through a couple of them. Don't worry. I know there are ten, but we're not going to go through all of them today. But another one was that we need to call an associate pastor. In the next four years, it's important. Nice miracle that happened 10, 12 years ago. Someone uh, who was moving out of the area felt led of God to give $20,000 that when we were ready to hire, um, we would do that. When we were ready to call someone to come help us, we would have that available. I'd let you know about that. I want you to know, last Sunday after church, someone came to me and said, I'm willing to give 10000 more. And, I, and if you want to let people know, and anyone else is inspired to, to match, let's go for it. it. It'd be great to have that help on the front end of these goals instead of the back end. Wonderful. Big miracle. It's huge, right? I mean, we're excited. That's like new car miracle, right? But we still have to have the other side. This says we can't take money that is just that normal, what God calls us to give week in and week out and put it all towards an associate pastor. Otherwise, we'll have an associate pastor and no air conditioning. Or no missions trip, which is also one of our goals. 
You see how these work together and we have to celebrate both the big and the small miracles of God. And, and really, honestly, I'm not sure which ones are the big ones and which ones are the small ones. We should probably put quotation marks around small. The miracles are the miracles. And God needs both in order to help us accomplish these things. Now, now some of you may not know, and, I, and so I don't want to ever assume uh, to know, some of you may not know about tithes and offerings and what the difference is, okay? A tithe, you probably heard me when I was talking about that around offering time. Tithe, we in the church believe that God calls us to give a tithe. And that is 10% of what we earn. What God has, that God has blessed us, given us uh, talents, abilities, given us education to go out and do the jobs that you and I do. And that usually for us in our day and age, in our society, that means you get a paycheck every so often. And we believe that God calls us to give 10% right off the top to His work in the world. That's what a tithe is. In, in essence, a tithe, and I love, I, I don't know who said this, it wasn't me, I'm not that clever, but I love what it says when he says, we come to believe and understand that I can live better on 90% with God than I can with 100% alone. I, I want you to know, I, I have found that to be true. I, I wasn't always a good tither. <laughs> I grew up in a church, yep. Yeah. I heard a lot about tithe, and when it came time for me to make money, it felt like I needed all 100%. But as I was challenged, as I matured, as I growed, as I grew, my goodness, my mom, I'm having trouble with words today. My mom's an English teacher, so she's cringing. Uh, as I grew, I came to learn to trust And I have found that every time that I gave right off the top that 10%, even in the times when I felt like I was struggling, it wasn't magic, but I don't know if God just made things happen. There were those times where I gave and I didn't think I could give, and all of a sudden there's that miracle of the check in the the mail that just somehow covers whatever we needed to cover. Or sometimes it was the miracle of I learned to do with less. And the ends met. I don't, again, I don't know which is the big and which is the small miracle. All I know is that I believe this is true. I can live better on 90% with God than I can with 100% alone. I just believe that. Maybe some of you will be called to that today. An offering is something different. An offering is something that is given over and above the tithe. By an offering, what we are saying is that I'm going to sacrifice to see God's purposes accomplished. It means, I, yeah, I know I'm giving the tithe. I trust that I can live on the 90% with God's help. And then sometimes God calls us to give in an offering that says there's something extra beyond that that I want to give. For some of you, it needs to be something like our, our uh, faith in action, our, our faith promise giving. That, that's why we had Stefan come. We wanted you to know one of our missionaries. So you can see that, that God might be calling us to sacrifice over and above so that Stefan and all the missionaries in the Church of the Nazarene have salary, have health care provided. I mean, these guys and ladies aren't out making it rich. They are living in some of the most impoverished areas. But they believe they are sacrificing and we can do no less. So if you haven't turned in your faith promise, I encourage you to do that. If you're new with us today, I don't always talk about money. But today I think it's important. 
that we see the big and small miracles that God does. And sometimes it is in the, here's your new car. But a lot of times it's in the daily, God helps me to learn about generosity and what we do and what is important. So we must have both. When it comes to giving, we must have both. And so the challenge from our message today is, will you be a part of God's purposes for Cross Community Church? For some of you, that means I will look at my finances and I'm going to trust God. Now, I always get some pushback. Oh, you don't understand my finances and, you know, those kinds of things. And that's okay. I, I, you know me, I'm not a hardline, you know, it must be 10%. There seem, I seem to remember a story of Jesus who saw a woman giving two pennies. You know? You know that story? If you feel like five cents is all you got at the end, start by saying, here's two pennies. But teach me how to manage my money better so that I can sacrifice more. That's where you start. God's okay with that. Now, for some of you, you need the good, in Ireland, what they would say is a a good kick up the backside. (laughs) You could and you don't. And it's important that maybe today the Holy Spirit is going to give you a nice kick up the backside and say, hey, can you trust me? Do you believe that you can live better with 90% with me and my help than you could with 100% alone? For some of you, maybe it's a call to sacrifice more. You've been tithing a long time and you felt like that was all. And maybe God is saying, hey, what about faith promise? Hey, what about some of these other initiatives? What about, are you willing to be a part of what I want to do in this church? If so, I encourage you, keep going. Keep going. There is something about learning to live a generous life that is good, that is fulfilling, that is wholesome. And another word for that is that is holy. So I encourage you to look at that. And I just believe when we see these, both these miracles, the big and the small and the small and the big and whichever one is, is whatever, we begin to see that people want to gather that we begin to see the miracle of some of the other 10-4 visions, that we would begin to see more folks come in. You know, we have a goal of seeing 180 visitors come. If you're here and you're a guest today, I want you to know you're a part of our vision. We believe that you belong here. And we want you to know that. Today you're a guest. Next week we want you to feel like family. When we begin to see this, when we begin to live into what God has for us, we begin to give towards that vision, when we begin to commit towards that vision, not just financially, but with our hearts and our minds and everything, the way that this church does, I just believe we'll begin to see both big and small miracles begin to happen right here. Don't you want to be a part of that? I know I do. Let's pray. Father, We're thankful for this great story that reminds us that you are not always in the big and the grand and the glorious. The things that we very quickly look to and say, what a miracle. But sometimes it's the everyday miracles that we overlook. The bread that we have to eat the lights that come on when we flip the switch. 
the ways that You enable us to be more loving or kinder than we would be on our own. The ways that You help us to give and learn how to be generous. We couldn't do that on our own. It's only through Your Spirit. So help us to anticipate and be ready for all the kinds of miracles that You do all around us. Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see Jesus in our neighbor, in our enemy, in our church, and cause us to look more and more like You. Father, today, I know we have spoken more directly about finances. Help us. Thank You for those who are willing to commit over and above to see these goals accomplished through Your power and Your strength. Thank You for that. But I pray that You would enable us and empower us to trust You with our finances, to give in our daily walk with You, that we might be a part of seeing Your purposes accomplished at Cross Community Church of the Nazarene in Portage, Michigan. Help us, Father, to look like You, to devote ourselves to Your teaching, to meet together and to worship with glad and generous hearts, to break bread, to celebrate communion, to celebrate the life we have, to pool our resources, to see things accomplished, to have the goodwill of our city, and to move out in love in Your name. For it is in Your name we pray and ask all of these things. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? Happy birthday, church! What a great day, right? Let's, let's receive this blessing. And now may you experience the big and small miracles of your life. I pray that God would send those that just shock and awe you. And I pray that God would begin to open your eyes to see the wonder of the miracles in your everyday life. May you receive them with grace and gratitude. May we together learn how to live generously as God is generous. And I pray that this would happen for us in the name of the Father who is for us the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Say hello to three or four or five people as you go.